to be praised. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to Father, we thank you on this morning, God. God, we thank you for the very fact that we are still here, God. We're still here, God, and it's by your grace and by your power and by your mercy, Lord. So we owe you on this morning, God, because you have looked out for us, God. You have held us and guided us, God, in our lives. So this morning, we say thank you, God. And then, God, we admit to you, God, that we need you even more. So we ask you right now, God, continue to be with us. Continue, God, to bless, bless us, God, and anoint us, God, on this morning. And right now, Father, we call upon you. We call upon you now, God, for your power and your might and your strength, God. I pray this morning, God, that you would sit me down, God, and that you would rise up in me. And your word may go forth, God, and somebody may be made better on this morning, God. We pray for wholeness on today, God. Healing, God, from your word. God, we pray that love will be the foundation, God, and also the benefit and factor of your word going forth. So anoint us right now, God, with preaching power, and teaching power on this morning. Not that eyes would be open up to see, God. That ears would be open to hear. And that our hearts would be receptive of your word, God. So, God, I ask right now that you will let the words of my mouth and the very meditation of my heart be acceptable in our sight. For, Lord, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. And the testimony this morning of the saints is that the Redeemer does live. So bring your word to life on this morning, God. Then it will touch somebody in this place. And then God, let the anointing fill this room. And somebody might be saved on the day, God. They will want to know who you are, God. And want a relationship with you. We thank you. It ends in the mighty, perfect, and powerful and matchless name of Christ that we pray. And the church will say hallelujah on this morning. 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 You want to give God some praise in this place on the day? God has been good. Two words. Amen. Amen. In obedience to God, to Pastor Lewis and Sister Lewis, to my brethren who labor in this gospel with me, to the staff of this church, to my church family. 
une vie, une vie, une vie. So my wife and my kids, I greet you in the name of the sovereign champion of our church, Jesus, who wins the Christ. Amen. There is a word from the Lord today found in the book of Acts. Chapter 16. Our reading will begin at verse 16. Hmm. And it reads. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and, and us crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And then she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore their garments off them and gave orders to meet them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them in prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fasten their feet in the stocks. Amen. If you don't mind this morning, I know y'all want to get to verse 25. I know y'all like that verse. But if you don't mind this morning, I want to uh, preach to you good days, bad days, good events, bad events. What are we going to do with them? What are we going to do with them? You made me seated. Good names, bad names, good events, bad events, everybody is going to have them. But what are you going to do with them? While you're living, you're going to have some good days, and you are going to have some bad days. You're going to have some good events, some bad events. While you are working in the ministry, while you're in church, while you are on your journey, you're going to have good days and bad days and good events and bad events. And there are days when you know that the Lord is really working and doing his thing in your life. You know that and you want to stand it. And then, and, and then there are some days where it looks like circumstances and your troubles are bigger than God is. There are times in our life where it seems uh, we really hit the short end of the stick. Or in the balance of life, the scale may not tip in our favor. But we have good news on this morning because the word of God has given us hope. You are going to have good days and bad days. Good events and bad events. But what are you going to do? A lot of times I believe um, on the church 
and uh, I've been, been living in a false reality, living in a uh, falsehood that the church has taught them. If you understand what I'm saying, the church is now living in a time when there's a lot of falsehood, and the falsehood has not come from the world, and it's come from the inside of the church. Uh, 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 we've got a lot of people that have been getting saved, and and what they think about salvation is um, mansions, and they think high living, and they think easy living, and I think that we really forgot that your salvation enlisted you in a war and in a battle. And sometimes that battle is not just with the enemy. The battle is within you. Mm. It's within yourself. Paul and, and, and Silas today in his text, they're coming off a good day. They've been having a good day. They've been having some good events, and they're now entering into a bad day with some bad events. And as a matter of fact, Paul and Silence and, 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 and Luke and young Timothy may have been having a good week. Uh, um, they have just received Timothy into their ministry, and it's always good when you receive uh, our new converts and new people into your work. Um, but the Holy Spirit has told them, has told Paul, I don't want you going to this place. I want you to go to Macedonia. Um, I need you to go to Macedonia and um, I need you to preach. And that is all that the Holy Spirit gave him. Um, there they met a woman named Lydia um, and Lydia's household was saved um, and were brought into the faith. So they were having good days and some good events. But uh, one day just as uh, they were going to pray trouble shows up. There is a disruption and an abrupt annoyance that has occurred on their way to prayer. There is this little girl in a story who shows up and does what she does and then she disappears. And, uh, 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 I don't think we ever give notice to the background and the issue of this little girl because she goes away. Um, there's no need for you to do any, any kind of background check or anything like that. There is no history on this little girl. She shows up, she knows what she does, and then she's gone. Um, we don't even give notice to her storyline because her storyline is really small um, in the grand scheme of things, but it is yet really powerful to us as believers. Um, we love getting to the fact that Paul and Silas were in jail and were sent to jail and at midnight um, they begin to pray. Um, they begin to praise and they begin to worship. They begin to sing hymns to God and the jail was shaking. There was an earthquake um, and all the shackles fell off and, and, and they were freed and, 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 and the jailer was saved at that very moment. Uh, uh, um, we love that story. And, and what that story does is it shows us the power of God and how he can change lives through the gospel. But do we ever give any attention to the fact that there are some chain of events that are happening before Paul can get uh, to the jail cell and speak with the uh, jailer? Hmm. Um, chain of events are started by this little girl who has no name, she has no pedigree, she has no degree, no background, no history. She is doubly bound um, because she is a slave to a human cartel. Um, she is also a slave to an evil spirit, spirit of divination, and it possesses her. Uh, uh, she is a girl of no power, no status, no freedom, yet she speaks. And when she speaks, it is the truth. It is the truth about Paul and, 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 and its com compadres. And uh, 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 they are following them around town. And what she is doing is providing free advertisement for Paul and his ministry. The problem is, is that Paul can now not tolerate anymore. 
and cannot tolerate what's going on. And that says that Paul is greatly annoyed. Paul right now is having a bad day in his ministry, a bad day in his life. Paul is in a point of frustration, not because of what is being said, but because of how she is saying it and the intent behind it. Her following them is wearing him down. So it's not that, not a frustration that leads him into a spiraling uh, uh, sinful condition, but one where trouble will lead him, watch this, in the greater works of the Lord, so that the glory of the Lord can be shown. Paul knows what he needs to do, but we as believers on the day, we miss this lesson um, because we tend to skip over it. We tend to skip over a lot of things in the Bible in order to get to the good points or the good events or the good outcomes uh, uh, based on what we know and what we call those. We, we pass by it. We, we creep through it. Uh, uh, um, and, and every now and again, we have things that that, that, that we need to look back at and that we need to look over. One of those things is the fact that we all have stuff that follow us around mm. and annoy us to the point of frustration. And instead of uh, leaning on what we know, we let things get the best of us. Frustration. It's the feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially because of an inability that you have to change or achieve something. I was teaching um, this past Monday uh, over at the Ant Center, for those who know Fort Hood, at the Ant Center, one of my, one of my students, one of my soldiers, expressed his whole frustration at uh, transition and employment and coming out of the military. And we're talking about uh, looking for jobs and, and what you need to do. And I explained to him that uh, the market in this area is very saturated, very saturated. Um, there are more people than there are jobs, especially if you're looking for a federal job. The market is saturated. so. Um, I'm saying there is a market saturation. That's what's going on in the area right now. And then he was being a little funny. He was kind of being a class clown. But he gave me a word and he gave me a thought. He said there is frustration saturation. And immediately my mind's going to turn and my, med my, my medium was going. I, I said, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, let me write that down. And I had to hurry up and get on a break so I can write it down. And I'm beginning to work through the definition of what frustration is and then saturation um, and then clicked. And I've been asking God to give me what I needed in order to explain more about this text and this little girl and what um, was going on so that it will help me and it will help you. Um, saturation is the state or process that occurs occurs when no more of something can be absorbed, combined, or added with anything. So there's a saturation. Let me put it in this term. Uh, who in here, and y'all ain't got to act out funny, everybody know Master P? Uh, yeah, nah, 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 nah. yeah. y'all act funny if y'all want to. Everybody in here ain't been saved all your life. Y'all know who Master P is. I'm a no-limit soul. Yeah, y'all know who he is. All right, y'all remember back in the 90s when, when they first hit, they had a saturation on the market because every three albums, they were putting them out every six weeks. So nothing flooded on the radio but Master P. When you walk into the store to buy an album or a CD, all you was going to buy was Master P. There were no other records, no other anything that you can find in that store other than a no-limit record. Saturation and saturated the market because they didn't want you to think about nothing else but uh na 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 that's all they wanted yeah 
So those things uh, 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 happen so they can overload and overflow the market with their product. And that's saturation. So Paul has reached what I like to call frustration saturation. There was really nothing he can do about the little girl because she kept following him every day, annoying him, saying what she was saying every day until there was a saturation from the, this, the crowd. So Paul now is at a frustration point. He is at what I like to call frustration saturation. And that's what I really wanted us to look at on this morning. What is the thing that follows me around that keeps you so frustrated from doing the work of God? What is the thing that follows you that keeps you so annoyed with the body of Christ? And I want us to really examine ourselves and look at uh, 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 um, our personal uh, persons. I really want us to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what is it that follows me around? And I don't want you looking at everybody else. So I'm not going to ask you to turn to your neighbor and tap your neighbor and touch them and agree with them because I want you to touch and agree with yourself about your frustration, saturation level. While you examine you, I want you to know that today you have to put an abrupt end to the thing that has been following you around and annoying you and getting on your nerve, nerves. One is playing your life. Faith has to bring change to you. And you don't do this Christian thing by faith. You, you don't have to do this Christian thing uh, um, on your own. You have to do this by faith. And in faith, which means I have to walk in the power and the victory that God has spoken over my life. The thing that is playing in your life doesn't know that it's really close to termination because you won't tell it to stop. It functions as though it is on the rise. It functions as it's getting ready to be on top. It functions as, as though it is the best thing that can help you right now. But it doesn't know that it's facing an imminent demise and it's on its way down. See, you haven't been putting up with it because you want to or not because it hasn't annoyed you. You have not reached your frustration, saturation level because you have shown great toleration for the thing that follows you. So this is you walking, and it's the thing that follows you, and you talking to it. You enjoying this conversation. You know, when something follows you that annoys you, you really want it to leave you alone. You really don't want them to have, like, I don't like beans, so me and the beans not going to have a conversation. I'm going to shove them away. I'm going to try to move them, or I'm going to run, or whatever I'm going to do, because it annoys me, and they irritate me, and I don't like them, so I don't want them behind me. But, but, but here's the thing. Whatever is following us, if you ain't tired of it, that means you like it and you tolerate it, so you put up with it, and whatever it brings into your life to bring you down, you enjoy being down. I'm going to prove that to you in a moment. You like it. Every now and again, God has a way of disrupting things and causing an unusual uh, uh, movement and meeting in your life. But he does those things through chains of events to say, and it's time for you to move. It's time for you to shut this thing down that has kept you down, that has kept you bound up, that has kept you enslaved. It's time for the thing to go away. It's time for you to grow. You've been at this point too long. You are not a baby in Christ anymore. Stop crawling. He gets you to the point where you say, I've had enough. And since somebody in here is ready to try God in a different way. 
You've tried him all the ways that you know how to try him on your own. But God says to us today, try me my way. You're going to have some good days. You're going to have some bad days. You're going to have some good events. And you're going to have some bad events. What are you going to do? God says, if you do it my way, bad days won't seem like bad days. Proverbs 15 and 15 says, all the days of the afflicted are evil. But he that is of a merry heart and cheerful heart has a continual feast. Psalm 16 and 11 says, uh, 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 tells us that you make known to me the path of my life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Yet, watch this. Some believers walk around and act as though they have been baptized in lemon juice. You've got sour faces. You've got sour dispositions. Uh, 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 You've got bad attitudes. You're always down about something that is going on in your life. You're always bothered about something and they're bothered by someone. But God says that you ought to have a cheerful heart. And praise ought to be on your lips continually. That means at all times. The thing that has gotten them to the point of frustration, but not frustration saturated. It ain't just swallowed you up yet. Because you like it. You're like, oh, I, I, I can make it. I can make it. You know what I'm saying? Somebody don't know how to swim. And they go into the deep end, and they hands just like this, trying to stay afloat. Whatever, man. Y'all, y'all gonna get with me in a moment. Y'all playing with me today. Watch this. We want deliverance, but we sometimes play with the thing that disrupts us, that annoys us, that irritates us, just so we can say, I'm going through something. What's wrong with you today? I'm going through. This thing bothering me. Well, let it go. Oh, well, I've tried. You ain't tried hard enough. You ain't tried hard enough to let it go. That's why I keep bothering you. That's why it's like a monkey on your back. You ain't tried hard enough to let it go. And you annoying a little bit. You irritating a little bit. But you don't want nobody not to talk to you. Because if nobody talks to you, nobody's going to know, I'm going through. I'm having a hard time. The Lord ain't on my side. The Lord ain't talking to me right now. Y'all know what I'm saying. Here's what I want you to know. You never have to say nothing if you're going through nothing. You ain't never got to say nothing about it. We already know. Young going through keeps you relevant. That's why you like going through what you're going through. That's why you like struggling with what you're struggling with because it keeps you relevant and in the attention. Mm, Lord have mercy. Pastor, and, and I, can I say that? It keeps you in the attention of the right people. Y'all ain't got to get with me this morning. I don't really, I don't even. This helping me. Y'all tripping, man. This helping me. Huh? You don't realize the thing that follows you and slowly ruining you slowly messing you up. And we want deliverance. We want blessing. We want promise. The problem is we want it our way. We want to get it our way. We don't want to know how God wants us to have it. We just want to run it our way. We want to do it our way. We want to track it our own way. We want to try to accomplish it on our own. Even when you want change, even when you know you need change in your life, you want it to be the way you want it to be. And here's something else I noticed. We are scared of confession. We'll do it. We'll do it. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. We will confess. We'll confess. But we'll do it uh, 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 in a manipulative manner. Mm. Watch what I'm getting ready to tell y'all. Every day, you are living a lie. Now, I don't mean to call nobody no lie in here, but every day we're living a lie. 
every day you walk past the mirror and you look in the mirror and you can't look long. You know why? Because the mirror says you're a liar. The mirror says you ain't doing all right. The mirror says you're having a hard time. The mirror says you need to change. The mirror says you need to get your life together. And the reason you can't look at it for a long time because you don't really want to know the truth about what the thing is that follows you. The thing that's blinding you, the thing that messes you up, your eyes are now covered. You know, you know, the thing that messes with you is like Paul on the Damascus Road when, when he met Christ. And, and he couldn't see him, you know why? Because Christ had already blinded his eyes. All he can do is respond, yes, Lord. I know it's you, Lord. What you want me to do, Lord? Because he cannot see, you can't see. It's got you blind and tied up, tangled up, mixed up, confused, and you don't know what to do because you won't come to the place that can get you the help that you need. I'm saying all this because I have witnessed some stuff, not just in here, in church in general. There's some things going on. And the problem is we listen to the wrong things. Our stomachs are upset. Yeah, we stopped up. You know why? We got bad stuff going into us. So when you can really get help, you don't want no help because, ooh, I've been dying and I've been feeling good. And I went over there and I went over here and the word was so powerful. When that word that was powerful to you was wrong and it messed you up. Uh -huh. Y'all ain't got to get with me, man. I'm telling y'all the truth. There's a thing that follows you that won't let you go and you don't want it to let you go. You want to hold on to it. Oh, man, golly. Oh. You can change because God has given you power to change. He's done it through Christ. We got resources that are available through Christ to change. Watch this. Paul says to the Ephesian church in chapter 3, verse 14 and 21, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I mean, I got my name from God. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And, and I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and how deep and, uh, and, high, and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know his love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine according to his power that is at work well within within us to him in glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. If that ain't enough, go down to chapter four. I ain't gonna read it for you because it's long, but I'm gonna paraphrase it. We are called to walk worthy of the calling that God has given us. In other words, it's like a scale, like a balance scale, and, and on one half you got Christ, and on the other half you got me and all my stuff and everything that I ever did in my life, and what Christ does, and he gets on the scale, because what I've done can really outweigh what Christ is going to do. But the reality of it is because of the power that he has and the job that he has to do and who he is, it tips the scale and it balances off. So now I'm balanced. Now I've got a new way of thinking and a new life. The thing that follows me don't have to follow me. I don't have to take baggage. Uh, watch this. Everything changed about me. My attitude, my behavior, the way I think. My inner thoughts are now the outworking of his life. And here is what my life should like. I ought to walk worthy. I ought to be humble, not self-centered, gentle, not argumentative, patient, not impatient, forbearing, and not judgmental. I'm harmonious, 
Because in that verse, it says that I am harmonious. I am uh, 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 part of the unification of the church. That is me. That's what I do now because I belong to him. I generate harmony. I don't generate nothing else but harmony. I don't generate conflict. I generate harmony. I've been given power to change. It was Jesus who made the change for me. How? Take him, see him send it. Uh, some things send to uh, us in again. And I'm paraphrasing that. You got to read that on your own. Um, but basically what I'm saying that uh, while he was on the cross, he fought the battle for me. And then after they put him in the grave, uh, he went and led a whole host of captives. If you don't believe me, it's in Psalm 66. Uh, uh, he led them free. Uh, uh, he led a processional, and there was a battle that he did, and the battle took place, and what was defeated was Satan, so you ain't got to worry about him no more. What was defeated was death, because he had already died, and then what was what else was defeated was sin, and he eradicated that out of your life. So God went to battle. He says, now it's time for you to act. On truth. You gotta act on truth. All of us have seen what happens when it rains, right? So y'all know what happens when it rains. Water finds a path and then resistance. Now one chicken floats to the lowest point. So what it does is and when it rains, if you let it rain long enough, hard enough, the water begins to run off and it'll cut a groove in the dirt. And and, and then so it's when it become in a trench or a riverbed or a river or 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 or, 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 or something deep. And how do you stop that? Uh, uh, you dam it up. You gotta block it. You, 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 you block it. How do I stop the temptation from traveling down a well-worn path to sin uh, 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 that has found you or been following you around? Well, I looked in the Bible uh, and one of the sins in Romans 6 and 1 and 4 that uh, we should, what should we say then? Should we continue in sin in order that grace may multiply? Absolutely not. How can we who died to sin still live in it? How can you who died to sin still let it follow you around and annoy you and irritate you and bother you? How do you hold on to that? Uh, 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 um, um, are you unaware that all of us were baptized in the Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism in the death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in a new way of life. Breaking free from the dominant power of sin uh, is not an option for me as a Christian uh, because Christ has accomplished on the cross in the resurrection Everything that I need, and guess what? It applies to me. He died from sin. I died to sin. He was raised victorious. I am raised victorious. You gotta stop letting the thing that follows you frustrate you and control you. Change your perspective and your mindset about it and respond. How do I do that? I'm glad you asked. You gotta understand how God does things. See, understand first, you do everything wrong. Y'all like that point. Uh, well, I do everything right, I lie, I can do whatever. No, we do everything wrong. God does everything right. God's already made a way. You ain't gotta try to make your own way. I know they don't sound like good theology, but it's correct. God has already done everything. When God gets ready to do things, he does them at the most awkward times uh, and in the most awkward ways. Watch this. In order for Paul to get to the Philippian jailer, he first has to deal with the disruption and annoying behavior of the little girl. She is the chain of events. He knows that once he moves in that direction, the real purpose for why he was sent is going to come out. Some of you won't move past your circumstance because you know once you get past that, you're going to realize what the purpose You're going to realize what God has for you in your life. And y'all going, I want my blessing, I want my promise, but you got to go through and you got to go past the little girl in order to get what God has for you. 
Hmm. He is in a city where there's a lot of falsehood, a lot of false teaching. There's a lot of malice. There's a lot of waywardness. Um, there, there, there are unholy false preachers of the gospel. There, they only care about making a profit. They only care about is making money. But in order to get where God needs him to be, he has to go through the process of being annoyed, of being disrupted, of being irritated, disturbed by this little girl that's following him around. This is where God begins to work. This is where he begins his process of changing us in the middle of our annoyance. And the thing that follows you is the thing that will lead you where God wants you to be. It's designed to irritate you. It's designed to really get on your nerves. It's designed to disturb you. It's designed to do that. That's what her job is, is to irritate you and, and bother you. Uh, uh, it's to also designed to invoke change into your life. And, and you don't let it smother you and take hold of you. You go to God. Mm. I ain't never seen people that's bothered about stuff and won't go to God. Everything's smothering you. Oh, I can't breathe. I'm trapped. But you won't come to God. You won't come. You don't need church. I don't understand this. Something happened to you in your life, and, 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 and then you, oh, I'm, I'm gone. I got to go home. Really? Because you're right here. You, you're right here. Because this is where you can get help. You're going to go home. One home. You can go home and do what? Salt, cry? Huh? You're right here where you can get help. I have never in my life, never, Seeing people be in a place where you can get the help you need, but yet go somewhere where there ain't no help. I'm just saying, y'all ain't got to like me in this one. I'm just saying. The problem is we won't go to God, so we let it linger and grow. We become stagnant. We become unusable. We become profitable to the devil. Y'all remember that word? Profitable. It's not money. And some girl creates profit for her masters. She is a possessed fortune tell her. She stands against everything the gospel stands for, but yet in this instance, she uses the gospel and Paul to generate prophets for her masters who don't believe in the gospel. And watch this. Every time you let sin linger around you and hang on to you, and the thing that creates uh, the prophet from the devil becomes in your actions and your mindset about this thing, about sin, you are profitable not to God, but to the devil. Paul says, I have had enough. I can't stand it any longer. And he calls on the one, Jesus Christ, the only person who can help him. The problem with us is some of us haven't gotten to that point of frustration, saturation. But a lot of us have. Hmm. A lot of us, many of us, many of us, God's been working on us. He's been doing some things uh, for us. Uh, we've seen changed mindsets. We've seen changed attitudes. We've seen changed hearts. Uh, we've seen God move. We've seen God shift things uh, uh, in our lives. He adjusted some things that were bad to us and bad for us. And we watched him move us, move us towards what is good. God came in and disrupted uh, uh, the pattern um, we've been walking in in order for us to be where he can use us and be where we need to be. We've been praying. We've been fasting. We've been patient. And, and, and your breakthrough is, is coming. It, 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 it's just not here yet. And that's fine, but it's on the way. And, 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 and you can't let this thing that follows you creep back up on you uh, 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 and bother you. Because the truth is, a lot of us have. We let it creep back up. And, and you've got to ask, what is following me? What is trailing me? What's tracking me? What's behind me that's annoying? What I got to do for God? And my reality, what's this? My reality may not match my position in Christ. And maybe that's because I have not been awakened to the process that God really has me in. What I'm going through no match what Christ says I am in here. Hello? But that's only because you ain't really seeing the big picture of what God is doing in your life. Because what's irritating you is irritating you and bothering you and it stopped you on your journey. Stopped you. 
the thing knows that you are a child of God. It knows that, uh, 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 and it recognizes that you have some things that, that have not yet been disrupted in your life. And what it does is it mocks you. It pokes at you. It, 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 it seems you struggling when whatever you're going through, it says, you know what? I, I, they got some stuff going on. They got bills piling up. They're sick. Their health is fading. Their family is in trouble. Their finances are being depleted. And, and you are beginning to be frustrated. And the thing knows that. The thing understands that you are now at that point of frustration. So what the thing does is hops on your back and puts you in complete frustration and complete annoyance. And, and, and you say, wait a minute, God, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I am a child of God. I am uh, the very elect of God. And, and, and Jesus died and saved me. You praying, you praising, you studying, you living by uh, the word, you standing on the promises of God. And every time you are here, you are positioned in Christ. You hear about it. You look at the reality of your situation and you start to get frustrated. It's being pointed out to you. There's a disconnect between uh, your declaration and your reality. There's a disconnect between what you say and how you live. Watch this. She followed them around, saying, yes, they are the sons of God, because it is true. They are. But the intent on when she sends it, and the mocking has gotten on Paul's nerves. And somebody in here today, you are being uh, 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 mocked, you're tired of being mocked, my one's following you, tired of being irritated. My one's following you and hanging on to you. You're tired of being frustrated. You're tired of being angry. And like Paul, here's what you got to do. You have to declare, I have had enough. Come out. Get away from me. Leave me alone. In the name of Jesus, leave me alone. Declare to the spirit of divination, of antagonism, trouble, heartache, pain, hurt, sadness. I have had. Leave me alone. Come out from around me. Get from around me. I don't want you around me. Leave me alone. I am at my point now of frustration, saturation. So what's trailing you? Is it loneliness? Is it anger? Is it bitterness? Are you always broke? Are you always broken? Are you always sick? Are you always worried? Is it something always uh, uh, on your mind, something that you're mad at? Are you always discouraged? Are you always down? Are you always something? What's always, uh, 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 um, what are you always that you are tired of being always? When do you get to the point of enough is enough and start to live in the reality that God has said for you to live in? You can't always let what's trailing you keep you from what God has promised you. Watch this. Paul begins to speak boldly. Paul says, in the name of Jesus Christ, come out. And that very hour, the spirit came out. It came out and then left. Now, 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 after it left, her masters begin to realize now that, wait a minute, she can't make me no more money. She has become unprofitable. And when you speak to the thing that bothers you and annoys you, it has now become unprofitable to the devil and to you. Because what it does is it makes you profitable to the devil. Mm. Your sin is already profitable. But watch this. When you do it, you become profitable. Uh, her master said, um, we got to get rid of this little girl. And the little girl goes away. But hold up. They ain't the ones that did it. So, yeah, we go here and let's go get them. So they go and get Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke, and they uh, uh, tear their clothes off, and they beat them. They beat them to death. And then they take them and throw them in jail. Now, that's the way you meet the Philippians tell them. Well, watch this. After they do that, see, when the enemy realizes that he can't make no more profit off you, he ain't got no use for you at all. 
He ain't gonna leave you alone. He ain't gonna move on to the next person. So once you gotta do, and you gotta make him uh, 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 see that he can't profit or gain off you any longer. So you now, you gotta become bold in your walk. You gotta become bold in your declaration of who God has said you are so that you don't become profitable or remain profitable to the enemy. Now, the enemy ain't going to do everything he can in order to stop you. He ain't going to be something no more. He ain't going to be out, out flat out, out just, he ain't going to be right out front. Beat them up. Beat them down, and then we're going to put them in jail. Beat them up. Put them in jail. So now they're in jail. And the enemy thinks that he won. The enemy thinks that he has gotten victory. He's done everything in his power to try to keep the thing that follows you with you so that you won't do the work of God. And now he thinks, oh, well, you know what? I may as well go for it now. Uh, and I'm going to beat him up and I'm going to put him in jail. He's going to mix you up and he's going to put you right back into something. Here's what you got to do. You got to stop looking at things. Don't let, watch this. In my demise, I can do great things. It looks like, it looks like I'm at the point of demise. It looks like I'm at the point of defeat because they beat me up and they put me in jail. The enemy thinks that he got me back up into a quantum. The enemy thinks that I'm right now at this very moment because I, 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 I look down that I'm, I'm at my lowest point and, and my demise is coming. It's, it's, it's imminent. But, but, but watch this. I know a man where uh, 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 it looked like he was at his demise. And what they did was they beat him all night long. They took him and stripped him and beat him all night long. Then they put the same clothes back on his open wounds. And then they gave him a heavy cross to carry up, mm, oh Lord, to carry up that hill. When they were going to hang him on this hill. And watch this. He had some people following him. Some people annoying him. Some people getting on his nerves while he was carrying that thing. And, 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 and watch this. There were some, some women, the daughters of Jerusalem. And they were weeping and they were crying and, and they were sad and, 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 and they felt bad for him. And he said, wait a minute, don't cry for me. It looked like I'm in a bad spot. It looked like y'all getting ready to win. It, it looked like I'm at the end of my time. It looks like uh, I don't have victory right now. Don't cry for me, but you better cry for your kids. You, you better cry for your sins because at some point it's coming back. It's coming back on you. It looked like I'm at my demise. It looks like I'm at the end. But when they lift me up, when they lift me up, when they stand me straight up, it looks like I'm getting ready to die, and it looks like it's getting ready to be the end. But what's really getting ready to happen is I'm getting ready to restore life. I'm getting ready to restore life. I'm getting ready to put everything back in order that was messed up. So follow me all you want to down this road. I'm on my way to victory. I'm on my way to do what the Father has told me to do. It's not my demise. It's not my end. And that has to be your mindset today, church. Just because you're going through don't mean everything is at the end of this road. You've got to declare victory in this place. You've got to declare that God has saved me. God has gave me grace. God has given me mercy. God has shown me love. And I am now. My boy Khaled. My boy Khaled said, all I know is win, 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 no matter what. All I know is win. Huh? Yeah, I'm shining. Like J and B. You know why I'm shining? Because God is shining light on me. Because God is anointing me. 
because God has illuminated me. And now I've been awakened. My eyes are now open to what God has said is true about me. Don't let the thing that follows you bother you and irritate you. It does not have to speak to it. Come out. Get away from me. I don't want you around me. Sometimes that's going to be your people. Sometimes that's going to be the people who close to you. You might lose some people behind this. Don't you tell them, get from around me. I don't want you around me. I'm winning right now. It may not look like it, but I am. It's somebody in here right now. It's somebody in here right now. You needed to know that God gave you victory already. It just don't look like it. But all you got to do is walk in that thing. If you would operate in that thing, I promise you, life will be a whole lot better. Take the end for me. It's not. God has declared victory over my life. I am more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. I am triumphant in Christ Jesus. It's already done. It's already finished. Christ proclaimed it. He hung his head and said, it is finished. And everything about me, everything about my life, everything that he died for, that he saved me for, that he anointed me for, I'm going to get it. Hallelujah in this place. You're going to realize one day what victory is. And when you realize that I promise you ain't going to never be the same. You're going to realize what that death on that cross and that raising really meant. You're going to realize what that anointing and that feeling of the Holy Spirit really means. Good days. Bad days. Good events. Bad events. But the Lord promised me. Oh, Lord. He promised me. I'll be with you always. No matter what. Even through my mess up, God still loves me. God still loves me. Even when I fall down, God loves me. Some of y'all looking at me, and you sitting in your seat, and you got stuff following you, and you got stuff nagging at you, and irritating you, and you ain't going to get victory until you let it go, until you release it right now, until you tell it to get away from me, get from around me, because I am the very elect of God. I am a child of God, and he has proclaimed salvation and victory over my life. 